here on a Thursday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. Well, we have been, um, as you can imagine, (laughs) it's been uh, now 10 months or almost 10 months that this COVID-19 situation has been uh, with us. And um, we've gotten, you know, we've gotten into certain conversations with people about uh, what's going on in nursing and rehab centers uh, over these 10 months. Very, very challenging times. No criticism. No, no criticism. I know that that, uh, most people who are in leadership positions in nursing and rehab centers are uh, really trying to do everything in their power to keep everybody as safe as possible. Uh, But our good friend Linda Spiegel, who's Director of Public Affairs at the uh, Margaret Teets Nursing and Rehab Center in Queens, and many of you may recall that they had a major presence on the Nahum Siegel Network uh, years ago, she's agreed to come on and to really give us an update as to what's going on in her facility and how things have been handled over the last few months and how the future looks, frankly. Uh, Linda Spiegel, Margaret Teets Nursing and Rehab Center, welcome to JM in the AM. It's a pleasure. So wonderful to be on the air and speaking with you, especially, Nachum, after uh, months of uh, <laughs> challenging times, as you said. We're trying to get out from under it, and it's, it's not so easy. It's mm. not so easy. Not easy I at all. Think, what, what? what? I'm sorry. No, I said not easy at all, but one of the things you mentioned, no. one of the things you mentioned to me the other day, which I found yes. fascinating, frankly, was that, that and, 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 you know, part, part planning and part luck, um, mm-hmm. you, you said that at your facility, um, mm-hmm. there was an effort to really get, uh, get, uh, out in front of this entire yeah. thing. So we, if you go back 10 months ago, back to March, mm-hmm. you and your staff mm-hmm. were doing things that, you know, others may have said, really, do we need to do that at this point? And you guys felt it was necessary. And now months later, you can look back and say, thank God you went ahead and did those things. That's exactly right. We actually were talking about this back in February. The administration and Care, who our facility is under, were really watching the trends, what was going on, hearing what was happening, and we closed down before they ever told us to close down. Um, We felt that, you know, we have to keep these people safe. This is our uh, honor, privilege to have these um, elderly people in our facility, and we have to make sure that uh, the cleanliness of the facility, that they're maintained properly, that if we see challenging times, we have to get ahead of it, as we said, and try to make people safe. So we closed down really um, pretty much in February um, before it was ever mandated for us to close down because we saw that things were just looking not right. And by the end of March, we had really our first COVID patient at Margaret Teeth that was obviously transferred to us that way from the hospital. In the beginning, we were trying very hard not to take any of these patients in because you have a compromised population to begin with. And once something like this gets into the building, it's very hard to control. Um, At Margaret Teeth, we're very fortunate in the fact that we have mostly private rooms. We were originally set up for Holocaust survivors, and that's how the building was built back in the 70s, actually, 1971. So having those private rooms was a godsend to us at that time because anybody that showed symptoms, we had them safeguarded in a separate place. Um, I know our administration had started putting together PPE before anybody even thought about it because they just saw the handwriting on the wall. So, of course, 
it was crazy times, and the staff was there seven days a week, working 24 hours a day. I mean, you have staff for every shift, but I'm talking about administration right. and admissions and social work. People just didn't leave because there's such a commitment there to caring for the fam- you know, for the residents and getting those lines of communication open with the family members. You have to understand Margaret Teeth is very much a community facility. Everybody was coming in. We had so many families every single day, and the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren, and, <laughs> you know, were kosher. Like, it was, you know, Grand Central. People would be in all the time, and we loved it. You know, we had tons of um, student volunteers, and it was just a buzzing kind of place. And going from that to all of a sudden, saying you can't come in and we have to safeguard your family member and they understood but who doesn't want to see their 85 year old parent and be able to be with them so we tried to really institute things immediately in terms of all these facetime calls and you know that was challenging in itself just getting the staff you know to do these calls throughout the day and we were doing three calls a day so the families could at least see each other and um, I think we all rose to the occasion, but that being said, it was just sad. Are and, any, and it continues to be difficult. It, are yeah. things calmer now? How would you describe the mm. way things are now, or is it just a matter of the only reason it's calmer is because people are used to the new system? Well, I think people are used to the new system. I think we were very fortunate, as I had said to you the other day, um, we re- reopened somewhere between June and July, after having been closed down for three months. Right. And from from that point on until really very recently, we didn't have a COVID patient in the building. So as a result of that, we were able to have in-person visits. Families would get online. They would sign up. Um, we had to make sure that it was they were there within the five minutes or ten minutes so that they had their 15-minute visit. They were separated. Um, we have a shul at the facility that was just actually opened very recently, beautiful, and a huge recreation room. So we were able to put people apart, like the family, we'd have six foot tables, the resident was coming in from one area, the family members from the other, we'd have one to two, and we had this monitored, and in between each visit, the room was completely sanitized, clean for the next visit to come in. I mean, this was like a, a major process to keep people safe. And it worked. It worked for months. I mean, they weren't able to go up to their family member's room, but they were able to at least see each other for all those months. And now, as you know, there's an uptick in the hospitals again. Yep. And, you know, so that uptick is going to influence what goes on in our fit building as well. So we were COVID-free for many, many months. And now we have a couple of patients. Um, being that we have these private rooms, we're able to monitor it. Everybody's in PPE. We have a holding place for people to come when they first come in from the hospital to make sure they become COVID-free before they move to any other areas. We provide long-term care, but also rehab care and hospice care at Margaret Teeth. So rehab really drives the in and out of patients coming in because, thank God, they get better and they go home. So, of course, those were challenging times for people to trust the nursing facility again, to come in again. Um, but that was starting to become an uptick again because people needed to have their surgeries and do what they knew. We have an amazing rehab team that really gets you in and out fairly quickly. Um, but, you know, there were complications with all these processes. So, And, and then families, you know, hope, yeah. and then families mm-hmm. are hesitant to bring people home because they know where they've been and they've been oh, you know, with other people. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, it, it's just like it's, it's, it, 
Exactly. So everywhere you turn, every time you turn around, there's a new there's a new problem to address or a new issue to handle. Uh, and that's right. and that's right. without cases, even without cases, just because you know you're know. you're worried about where people were and and, and the hospitals they were in. Right, right. You don't want them to bring anything in that right. closes this distance apart. But when they, you know, in the beginning, they were able to just fill out a form, say they were COVID free, their temperature was taken when they came in, our residents' temperatures are taken. The staff at Margaret Teach is COVID tested twice a week um, with the nose swab and everything else. So I mean, we do we have every possible protocol in place. Um, but that being said, it's still so difficult to keep everybody safe and to know what's coming in. So another guideline came out from DOH not all that long ago that now the family members have to be tested once a week. Wow. Well, some of these family members are quite elderly, yeah. and the lines for these COVID tests can be hours that they're standing outside. So mm. now... We had gotten in touch with all legislators who are very supportive of us, our new borough president, who said they're going to see what they can do to try to help these families that can't be standing outside in freezing cold weather um, two and three hours. So that is yet another challenge to overcome because they have to now actually show us that they are COVID-3 with the documentation, and then they can first come into the building. So there's another prerequisite to the prerequisite, you know. You know, you, know how, uh, but, you, know, you know how many situations you've described in, in this conversation? It's unbelievable. You're, you're probably wondering how the facility was able to survive all this till this point. It's just incredible how much how much you have to go through in every little bit, uh, every little piece of this. And every has to, day it changes. You right. know, then some new, you know, isn't that something new will come down, and then we, we're the first to try to follow those directives and make sure everybody is safe. And, but how, it, how many? You know, uh, we still have the same amount of staff. You know, nothing has changed really, except for I can say we have more people cleaning, cleaning, cleaning now because that is part of. How many uh, total? How many? Safe. How many total residents do you have? Well, we have a 200-resident facility, mostly private room, as I said. We would always have maybe a few empty beds, but given this situation, we probably hover around 15 empty beds, something like that, where I know a lot of other facilities are really suffering with a lot more than that. Right. Margaret Teets Nursing and Rehab Center, information at margaretteets.org, margaretteets.org. Linda Spiegel's with us, Director of Public Affairs, at a place that uh, we know very well for a very, very long time. Um, you always take great pride in how important um, Margaret Teeth's nursing and rehab has been for the local Queens Jewish community. Could you explain to this audience uh, why it's been such a uh, an important uh, landmark for the Queens Jewish yeah. community? Well, I've actually worked at Margaret Teeth's. I hate to say how long, because, you know, I'm only about 35, <laughs> but I've worked there over 30 years. So I'm at Margaret Teeth's probably the longest. I knew most of the founders of the building, and I've always had uh, a very, very big connection to Margaret Teeth's. It's really very much a part of my life and the people that we take care of. And I think that they're very careful and watch who they hire there so people know the history and know what's going on at Margaret Teeth's so that we try very hard to get the right people there. Uh, a couple of years ago, we were brought over by Casana Care. And I have to say that things have gotten better. It's amazing. Um, this new ownership has really committed to the Jewish community, and that's when a synagogue was built. 
right. over there, you know, with their supervision at Margaret Teeth, which hopefully one day you will see because we <laughs> still were planning on dedicating a safer Torah there um, months and months ago. <laughs> if not so, for if not uh, for COVID, we actually would have done a show there in the early part of the summer. I know. <laughs> we, will, we were so looking forward to it. The planning, the planning, the planning. You know, you talk about planning for for difficult things. This was yeah. something very exciting and important and happy and you know, everything just stopped. But we're planning on it. You're gonna be there. We're gonna still get this done. Please God. Um but we you know we're under the VOD and we have a Shabbos apartment for family members to come and stay and um we have we had minion every day at Margaret Teeth. Of course now we can't have the minion. And right. We haven't for months and we're looking to get that back together. But you always um, took you always took pride that young people in the community would come by on Shabbos at other times just to just to sort of see 100%. their extended families. They they establish relationships with some of the elderly people there. Absolutely. We have people that walk from Young Israel Forest Hills, Young Israel Hillcrest. Um, so many of the different shuls kind of adopted us and have also had you know, congregants that have been with us for those rehab stays. Right. Uh, the Rabbanim can't be more supportive of us. Uh, we were like one call away. My husband says I have more rabbis on my speed dial than he'll ever know. (laughs) (laughs) I really, you know, it's just important to be part of the community. And because we feel that way, they feel that way about us. So they try to support us in the best ways that they can. And, you know, and if they have somebody in their congregation that needs our help, you know, my phone is always on and I'm always talking to people. And uh, I think once we became a kosher facility, which is now probably almost 15 years ago, um, we really got a very big support base from the community. And we have students coming from the yeshiva. We're very involved with Chavitrayim Yeshiva. That's where the unionist comes from. But those guys are still very much connected with us. Rabbi Schwartz from Chavitrayim is a good friend and a good supporter of us as well. And actually, um, we had, we have still have su- survivors in our building to this day. Right. And we had grants once we won. We were not for profit, um, which we obviously cannot have now. You know, but they took on the Holocaust survivor population for us and was maintaining a not for profit status for us out of the yeshiva, so that we can get those special one to ones for our residents and. They're trying to help us with those um, residents. They had visions of having classes there and bringing people to hear the stories of our. You know, we had so many plans, which will come back, which will come back because we're so committed to it. Well, Linda, I'll tell you, kolakavod, uh, as we say, what you and your staff have done uh, to try to make life as normal as possible at uh, one of the facilities that, uh, again, is in a category that's been a really sensitive category over the last. Many, many months. The Margaret Teeth Nursing and Rehab Center, they're on Chapin Parkway in Jamaica, New York, and they are a very important part of the Queens Jewish community. And uh, they have a lot of new things uh, that uh, need to be seen, explored, and spoken about, and we will get to it eventually when I and other people are allowed to visit the building and and, uh, report on those developments. Uh, Linda Spiegel is Director of Public Affairs, the Margaret Teeth Nursing and Rehab Center. Continued success as you go through all this. And we look forward literally, literally to come and uh, tour uh, all the new things that we have to see uh, in the very near yes. future. Yes, I'd be looking forward to it, uh, and hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Please, God. So I wish you good health, and your family should be well, and the community should stay healthy. And if anybody ever needs anything or any support or any help, they can always call me at 718 298 
800-700-7838. That's my direct line, and I'm there for the community for whatever is needed. Linda Spiegel, and I can attest to that, folks. She is there for the community whenever needed. 718-298-7838, 718-298-7838 at the Margaret Teets Nursing and Rehab Center for those who need long-term care and or short-term care, or short-term care, I should say. Uh, it's an amazing place to check out, and I thank Linda for joining us this morning. Interesting times we are in, to say the least. Interesting times. More coming up. You're listening to a Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM. <laughs> 